Welcome to the Growing Home Podcast, where we hope to inspire you to lead a life of slow living, nourishing food, family culture, homemaking, and homesteading. This is where we cultivate new skills and fortify our joy alongside you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season four of the Growing Home podcast. I'm here as Evan, one of your co-hosts with Lauren, my best friend. And we have a new season full of relevant thoughts and ideas to share with you. Today, we're going to talk about how we stay healthy during seasonal transitions. Yeah, that's right. I'm excited. I think we've all been surrounded by sickness lately, so it feels like a good time to bring this up. As we're we're having our weird Texas winter where it's not full blown winter, but we still have the seasonal body changes of winter. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. I agree. Everyone I know has been basically everyone I know has been sick in the last month. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I, I feel my- like that's just kind of how it goes. That's actually one thing I was gonna say just to jump right in is that I think some level of like being sick and getting sick especially at seasonal changes is normal you know like I mean there are those people that just never ever get sick (laughs) which is really cool but I think especially with kids but just like existing in the world I think like it's it's super normal for us to get sick (laughs) and to get better and I think like the goal is wanting to prevent getting sick too often and wanting to prevent it being too intense or too drawn out, like to boost, kind of like boost the immune system to be able to handle what it does receive. And like, if you are getting sick that, you know, you of your friends, like are the one that's getting better the fastest, you know, it's so interesting to like compare the four of us, like in our family of who gets, you know, the most sick and who stays sick the longest and who seemed to like deal with it the best. And Mm -hmm. I I just think that's interesting. You all had the funk recently. Yeah, we did. We were all, and it, and it's like when there's four people in a house and I imagine it just gets more and more as you add more people that it's like, you don't all get it at one time. A lot, most of the time it's consecutive. So it just draws out so much, but I think just like supporting the immune system to be able to handle, you know, what you're, what you're exposed to. And then being able to handle like it when you are, when you are sick. Also, we're not coming at this from like a German new medicine perspective. <laughs> at least I'm not. Evan's giving me this look that I just feel like I'm I feel about like to say that. Something. Totally. Like, I think um obviously there's lots of things that cause illnesses, but I'm not I'm personally not coming at it from like a German new medicine perspective. And I'm not either. Um I I think I've generally been far from any dogmatic perspectives lately for the most part. Uh oh. We're good. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say, should we start off the season with a controversial thought train? Um, yes. Okay. So I've been curious lately. I am now going to a day job at this time and I've been surrounded by people with either the flu or all kinds of stuff like viruses galore, literally everybody around me, all the departments, all the people I work with. Um, customers I'm interacting with in really close range all day long, literally connecting them with things to help them get through. And I've not gotten sick. And I started this, this thought 
of, hmm, I wonder if that means my system is really strong or not. Because as Laura knows, uh, we went through this whole mold story and I had some interesting testing done, like a, an oat test, which was accidentally sent to me. They did the wrong test. So I got a whole expensive test for free. It was really cool. But it basically, it all said, you should get sick sometimes and I'm not getting sick. <laughs> and I started to wonder, is that like a way that my system might not be upgrading? Is it a necessary thing mm -hmm. to get sick? I'm curious your thoughts on, especially for children, do you think sometimes illness is their physiology making it a, an upgrade, like detoxing something or going through a growth spurt change or, you know, something like that? You yeah, thoughts? I think like I can't speak to the biology of it, but I totally notice and I notice in like friend, like friend circles that especially with like babies or toddlers, like a lot of times after they come out of like a big fever or something, they're like saying new words. And it's, it's just like this transformative event, whether it's, whether it's like actually linked to something biologically or not, or it's just like this kind of, you know, depiction of transformation you know and then it just kind of happens like that I totally have noticed that in my kids and I think I think yeah on like a biological level like they're again not coming from a, I just feel like I have to specify because I feel like the Germany medicine perspective is really really popular right now and like kind of in the in the world that we're kind of in so you guys have probably heard of it so no no hate on it no shade on it but that's just not the perspective I'm coming from but I think um like being exposed to these different viruses and bacterias and like allowing their bodies as much as possible. Like I'm totally um, a proponent of Western medicine and I totally think there's a time and a place for antibiotics and stuff like that. But for, you know, as much as possible, allowing them to let their systems, um, you know, fight off the viruses and whatever, like they're building this lifelong immunity well it might not all be lifelong but they're building these this immunity to all these different you know diseases and I think exposure to it is like totally okay you know and I think when you're when you're um coming from like an immune compromised place like we've both dealt with mold mm -hmm. in our families and in ourselves like there's so much caution that people with immune compromised kids or um if they're immune compromised themselves take and like I totally respect that and have been there but with you know healthy kids I think getting sick a few times a year as long as they're able to like get well is is totally just like a natural normal part of childhood that doesn't need to be avoided or feared and I mean it would be really cool actually to have maybe like a naturopath or something on the podcast to talk about fevers and like the fear around fevers and febrile seizures and a lot of stuff actually that we've dealt with and learning, you know, what's normal, what's not, when is it, when is it, when are we really in danger zone? Like, when do we need to actually see someone? When is it just, you know, we've been taught that a fever over this is dangerous, but it's not like having someone on that was an expert on that would be super cool. I would love to do that. Yeah. Because, and I don't want to make it clear that there's no judgment here. I mean, I, I have friends and myself, like I find myself all over the map and I have friends who, you know, would totally go to a chicken pox party and friends totally. who would think that's like child abuse. <laughs> so sure. and I love them all and can understand both ways. Um, yeah, it totally makes sense to me. But yeah, yeah and I'm not referring to like a chicken box party when I'm talking about exposing your kids. Just FYI, I know you're not. not. I mean. You mean I just like, mean like yeah. not go avoiding, to the park. Yeah, like not avoiding the park or the museum or whatever. 
which like I sometimes do and I have done especially when my kids were in more fragile states so I I totally respect that or like I wouldn't feel comfortable probably taking a fresh newborn to church like on the first few weeks you know like so I think everyone has their own kind of boundaries but I think you know get kids getting sick a few times a year is not something to be avoided because it's just building their their immune systems yeah and totally like everything we talk about there's seasons for stuff you know if you're feeling fragile you don't want to go out into the world fine you know that's totally cool but I think how I view with kids especially is that there must be yeah, it be maybe it's just the resiliency they're building when they overcome the sickness. I wonder if it's like a, a toddler dark night of the soul where they come out just with, yeah. you know, boosted confidence and um, understanding of what they can handle. And like maybe some of that ignites a growth spurt or like a, what do you call that when they just have like a new brain level? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's a word in some of the children books, but um, that makes sense to me. I don't have to understand it, but I've definitely seen that with kids and it makes sense. It makes sense for me too. It's it's one of those things like when you go through something really grueling and hard and then life is so good afterwards and you have like a new zeal for it. Maybe that's part totally. of it. We're totally I totally, yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. It's like, it doesn't even have, it's not even woo woo or, <laughs> or anything. Like it's just, yeah, when you go through something hard, then you're like excited and, yeah. and maybe that's what's going on for for kids. And I think everyone in the more like mainstream and in a super crunchy world is going to agree that like viruses, kids getting like normal kid viruses is healthy for their systems, you know, yeah. like, and is normal. And and I think obviously like we could go into how much is normal. Like if your kid is chronically sick, then that's a different thing. But like, that's why we were saying, you know, if we're, if they're getting, which I've also dealt with, but if, um, if they're getting better every time, then I think like that's nothing, you know, that I'm personally concerned about. And I don't think most people are. I bet there is something to do with neuroplasticity. Yeah. Yeah. Something to do with that. Yeah. New connections being made after that. Yeah. Yeah. So all that being said, our little tangent there, (laughs) Um, we're going to share some of the ways that we prepare our bodies (laughs) to go through the season, seasonal transitions. Um, Something I want to touch on is detox because I feel like that's such a hot bot- hot button word. And I don't know if we all think of it differently, but how I see it is that the seasonal transitions, when we go from, you know, fall to winter, winter to spring, spring to summer, those are all times when our body needs to go through a change, basically an adaptation, maybe a minor one, you know, it's very accustomed to going to going through um, very cyclically but it's still an adaptation. And so I think that's a natural time that our body knows how to do its own version of detoxing. And I don't necessarily think we need to do something crazy. Like I'm not going to jump on a juice fast wagon right now or anything, you know, but I think there are things that I can do to support my body's natural rhythm at that time. I think my liver is usually wanting some extra support. It wants to dump a bit more. Um, kind of just like, you know, how animals need to bulk up for winter. We just have a transition each season. So yeah, I think eating especially clean is one of the ways I like to support my body and its version of detox that naturally occurs. Just making sure I'm not giving it extra junk or toxins or like BPAs and phthalates and things like that, that it needs to work through. I think it's just a a good time to be really diligent about eating well for, I don't know, a couple months. Yeah. That'll end up being the whole year. (laughs) well or a month you know a few weeks whatever you can do (laughs) I'm already kind of eat clean but um I'll probably skip out on the extra weird thing during that time 
Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great point. And it's like, that's kind of what I was thinking of when I was writing these, this little list that I have It's just like the basics of what I feel like is supporting my body year round. And then I'm being extra aware of these things, you know, at these times. Yeah. Um, So I have like my favorite supplement supports, you know, or things that I reach for, like (laughs) if I just went to the pinkery, (laughs) you know, if I've been in a place where I know you, you know, we tend to, maybe have something come up after that or I've like seen my kids licking their hands and like you know all these things or I I know a lot of parents deal with a lot of sickness if their kids are in school especially Mm -hmm. like that at back to school because then they're sharing all these these things kind of suddenly hold on one second a child (laughs) Evan can talk for one second I don't have to leave and y'all the thinkery is a children's museum in our area so it's pretty snotty (laughs) Um, but it's a, it's a great place. Okay. So, okay. I'm back. She's good. <laughs> it's just my, it's just my older child. So I can just like send him back to bed instead of having to actually rock him back to bed. Like my daughter. Anyways, um, supplements. So I like, obviously vitamin C is like an, is an easy one. It's like everyone, everyone knows. And, um, it's also one that's really easy to give to kids because, that's something that you kind of need to consider if you're a parent or you're thinking about how to support your whole family is like there's all these extra or there's all this above and beyond stuff that most kids probably are not going to take or is not safe for them or would you know you might not feel comfortable giving it to them etc so it's really easy to find like little chewables for them and they'll like it and I actually have a wellness chewable for the kids that I only give them again around a time when like, I think we might be around something or we're traveling or they're, they're having some sniffles or something like that. And it's a combo of quite a few different things. I should probably have grabbed it, but I didn't. Um, But yeah, there's, there's kind of like kid combos and I'm not one to necessarily give that to my kids all season. um, But during around like peak times. Um, And then another one that I reach for when we are sick or maybe if there's been a bit big exposure to something is biocidin very controversial um, but it's like an herbal um kind of an antibiotic antiviral herbal and it has a lot of good stuff that I like in it and I also think if you're like really sensitive or have super sensitive kids it might not be the best fit but I none of us have ever felt any side effects from it it's, it was prescribed to us actually originally from our our doctor um and it can be really helpful in you know cases when there's a bacterial infection or um any yeah any infection and it's sort of like first line of defense I think before moving on to anything stronger that you might need and there's also a throat spray which I feel like is really is a lot more mild if you were just you know around someone that was sick or something and wanted to or or like if I was traveling in an airplane I would totally use that I think that's great and I love biocidin too that's like my go-to first aid (laughs) Totally, I think it can take care of almost anything that an antibiotic would be needed for or yeah just like I think it can knock out most infections really well without completely obliterating the gut and the flora in the same way. Right. It doesn't seem to have that same effect. So that's really cool. Um, and also I don't think that 
um, bacteria are developing any resistance to it. Yeah. Because it's a combination of herbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And same like garlic, you know, like for instance, if you ever need something for mold, uh, mold can't grow resistant to garlic and thyme. So those are cool things. Tulsi too. Yeah. And you just reminded me of something I just want to say. I have a lot of people come to me and they want to know about elderberry, which elderberry Mm -hmm. is a great remedy. I love it. And super great for when you're, if I'm going to get on a plane, I'll love elderberry. If I'm sick actively or going to be, or I just shook hands with someone with a flu, then I will take elderberry. But I don't think it's something you need to take all the time. A lot of people I meet are giving their kids or get themselves elderberry for months on end. And I just want to explain that elderberry is activating the immune system. Most of you probably know that. There are things you can do that support your immune system without activating it. It's kind of like a muscle would get fatigued from being in an active like mode all the time. You just don't want to wear it out. You don't want to wear your immune system out by having it be on guard all the time. Like it needs to fight. So vitamin C, like Lauren said, is one of the the best things you can do to just boost it. And right here in Texas, we have cedar fever right now in Austin. Versatin is really great for that. You want to get it up in the system. You can take something like dehist. And if you're prone to allergies, you you might also fall into getting a flu or cold or something like that. So you can buy it with quercetin. It's prevalent in onion skins and um, berries, I think too. Um, but yeah, that's really great. And I like a seed that has bioflavonoids. So I often get mine just from citrus. I just, it's a great time to eat citrus in the winter. So why not eat a seasonal food that's got everything we need to stay healthy in in winter? I think that's why God made it that way. It's so cool. I kind of get excited about that. Um, Another favorite would be like acerola or camu camu, those powders. You can mix them into a chunky, not super yummy water shot and shoot it that way. You look like you have something you want to say. No. No? Okay. Okay. Well, I can't. Yeah, go go for it. (laughs) No, those are great. Those I just, I liked I've like used all those at different points and I knew that like about elderberry I think an herbalist friend told me about this like before I had Jasper right when he was a baby because we were making we were like picking elderberries from the mountains in Aww. near her, like her house yeah it's really cool um oh, but... one more thing about that <laughs> Go. don't get elderberries confused with pokeberries y'all I've seen people oh, try yeah. to sell pokeberry jam thinking it's elderberry poke mm-hmm. is very poison so <laughs> it's poisonous you don't want to eat that anyway go on Great. No, great point. And I just learned that you don't want to be taking elderberry syrup like all fall and winter. Um, Yeah. Another basic one that we love that you just kind of mentioned is garlic and honey. That is another kind of like tried and true for us where if there's just like a little tickle in your throat. It's like immediately get the garlic and the honey, take a couple spoonfuls. I think I learned that original. I don't know where, but I know Emma's from Mama talks about it a lot and that like brought it back into my brain like a year ago and I was like yeah I haven't been doing that and I've totally seen that work plus my kids actually actually will take it Good. loves it and Jasper like he doesn't love it but he doesn't you know hate it as long as I put enough honey on it he'll he's fine Bloom loves it that's so cute yeah I know she loves a bunch of weird things I found her today trying to eat um I bought my mom like decaf instant coffee and she's just like <laughs> trying to munch on it I'm like please I tell people that your kids eat the beef liver capsules because I I try to give that to women and they look at me like and I'm like I know little toddlers that just chew it down (laughs) yes no they love the they love it I wonder like that was both of their first food was beef liver and I've always given it to them um but they just love the capsules I have to I have to ration it because they're so expensive like you guys cannot just eat these like chips 
Like, we're not going to do that. That's so cute. Even with a cellulose capsule? <laughs> yeah. No, I think they like the crunch. It's wild. <laughs> you, probably, you wouldn't want to do that to, like, a baby because it would be a choking hazard. You always open it up for a baby. But older kids, they like to eat them. At least mine do. Yeah. um okay weird one just thought of it I don't overwash my hands or like over sanitize anything we don't have to get into the whole germ theory thing but just mentioning that briefly you're like do you want you can do that I don't want to I'm not gonna (laughs) that's too tall an order for tonight (laughs) yeah I'm not an expert on that um but no I I agree with that (laughs) okay move on (laughs) yeah moving on y'all yeah anyway sleeping extra oh yeah um sleep is like whenever people ask me what's the best thing I could do what's the best supplement I could take or the best herb I could use or whatever I just say honestly the best thing you could ever do is just make sure your sleep is healthy um I am sorry Lauren I'm saying (laughs) I don't think Lauren's leaving very like well. This, I days. lean back. Like this doesn't yeah. apply to me. Yeah, just tune out. Um, and I know that one day this will make me suffer too. And I, I already fear that. I mean, I'm so attached to my sleep. If I give up sleep for something, it must be really important. But yeah, I think sleeping extra right now, if you have the time, like give yourself the grace to sleep in an extra 30 or 45 on the weekend. That's a really great, great, great way, great way to show up for your body during this this time <laughs> it's late we're getting the loopies <laughs> yeah um and I think you can prioritize that as a mom that wakes up through the night I think a way to do that is to get in bed earlier than you want to go to bed mm-hmm. um like because even if you're getting eight hours if you're woken up five times it's not really eight hours you know so I try to get in bed early and I try to be resting at least if I'm not, if I, even if I'm not asleep, I just like set myself up for as much success as possible. But yeah, I mean, I haven't slept through the night in over five years. <laughs> it's, been 20, it's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Checking back with me in 10 more years, I might say 15, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay, another one, I just have two more, is I sort of think of bringing in those like extra supplements when there's an extra need, you know, like last year when we were dealing with, is it last year? Yeah, last year around this time, we were dealing with like pretty severe mold illness and um, some back-to-back infections that were just like not going away that ended up, yeah, requiring some Western medicine. Um, and that's when like, I would consider formulating like a more specific sort of plan with, yeah, an herbalist, or you can totally do these things yourself, you know, if you're researching and, or having, um, you know, holistic doctor, like we have stuff like that, um, where they can, you can bring in these other supports for things that you might be needing, like for mold illness, you know, glutathione's a big one or knack, something like that, where you're kind of addressing the root cause of why you're constantly getting sick rather than just like throwing biocidin and vitamin C, because if there's like these underlying issues that are 
taxing your immune system and that your body's so focused on, then it makes sense that you'd be getting sick more. So, you know, addressing those underlying things with really specific, it's hard. It's like, first of all, this is not advice, obviously, obviously it's not medical advice. We're just talking about what works for us, but as far as, yeah. And it's just, it's just like general things that people, most people, a lot of people already know anyways. Um, and I think it's, it's cool to like pass around ideas, but as far as like giving specifics for, you know, your circumstance or my circumstance last year, even, even reading as much as I do and learning as much as I do, it was so specific to like what was going on in that moment that that's what I think pulling in outside advice and it doesn't have to be a practitioner because I know a lot of times that's out of people's budgets. Like it's really expensive. And there's also like other, there's, there's other options as well, but even just like brainstorming with a friend or getting, reading some books, like books are such great resources, um, often written by doctors, you know, mm-hmm. and they can advise, obviously you're not going to be taking any pharmaceuticals, but we're talking mostly about supplements here that you could just get over the counter. So I think adding in those extra supports when your body's like really needing it and addressing the root cause of why is really beneficial. And I think these seasons can sometimes bring up underlying issues and like show you them, Mm -hmm. you know, because that was, that was the way that we figured out that we were dealing with mold illness was just constant sickness. And that's what I hear from. So I was just talking to a mom the other day who messaged me. I was like, can I ask you about like your story? Because that's a, that's a big, um, Mm -hmm. you know, thing in that kind of community is like just constant illness. So I think it's, it's cool to, to have the information. And sometimes, especially I find like fall, winter can really bring like things up that you're maybe not seeing as much in, in the warmer months totally sort of exacerbates it. I think that's a great point and brings us to how our symptoms are totally communications from our body. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that yesterday, how nice it is that our body will tell us what's wrong. You know, we often get immediately frustrated when a new symptom appears, but uh, I think if we pause, there can also be a lot of gratitude for it being brought to our awareness so we can avoid a deeper, bigger issue later on. And maybe we can do another episode someday about like, um, my childhood asthma and like how that was mm-hmm. handled, it just pushed it down deeper rather than helping to relieve it at the root cause and kind of some examples of of our experience with those things. That might be fun. Yeah, um, totally. I have yeah. something like that. But speaking of taking burdens off of the body, one of mine is making sure you're not constipated during this time of year. Not a fun topic, but a lot of women are constipated. It's usually women. And um, you can be recirculating you know, the, the not so great estrogens that you need to be detoxing and other chemicals and things like that, things that just need to be excreted if they just sit in your bowel too long. So it's good to have extra support there if you need it in the winter. And I think especially because a lot of us maybe aren't as active or aren't drinking as much water, maybe not even eating as much fiber or kind of eating white and brown foods. So these are all factors that can make us a little backed up. And I just think it's good to get it out. So things like, um, if you really need it, magnesium oxide. Um, I think part of why I'm saying this, this is like, we don't need to go into this, but I've been meeting a lot of women who are taking those like semi-glutide mm-hmm. injections right now and mm-hmm. they are really not going. So wow, anyway, yeah. it's just on my mind, like how important it is that our body functions in that way and gets to release those things. 
So yeah, taking some like cape aloe, that's the yellow part inner part of an aloe leaf. You can get that in a supplement or you could get it naturally if you want to just use the the whole aloe leaf. Um, that's a really great one. You could take magnesium citrate. That's really mostly just for bowel movements. You could add fiber slowly. There's lots of things you can do, but I think another thing is hydrating properly. We don't want to just rinse our minerals out. If we think about it, we're kind of like ocean water. <laughs> like we're really salty. When you're dehydrated and you go to the hospital, they give you saline. It's water thickened with salt and minerals basically. So if we drink, we got to remineralize instead of rinsing ourselves out. So adding electrolytes or drinking spring water. Um, if you have RO water, reverse osmosis, just making sure that you put at least some sea salt back in it. That's a, a really great, the most affordable way to get minerals back is just to add a pinch of sea salt. Yeah. 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 We put trace minerals back into our reverse osmosis water. And then I typically have an electrolyte drink every day. Nice. Yep. That'll help. I try. I try anyway. <laughs> um, okay. My last, my last one is it's like a personal anecdote. Again, I do not have the biology to back this up. <laughs> I know it's very Ayurvedic of me to say this, but being cold in the cold months does not suit me well like I need to be staying warm basically at all times for example I've done some cold plunges <laughs> lately and I'm really I'm pretty good at cold plunges. not recently okay probably like four plus months ago anyways I I and it's um they haven't been near to each other so it's been like spread out you know a couple months each and I really enjoy it every time and then the next day I feel sick like I don't necessarily think I'm actually like sick with the virus but I feel achy and like my throat hurts and it's this really weird phenomenon for me and um yeah like in Ayurveda like you want to be staying warm and like drinking warm soups and broths and stuff like that in the winter months and you know avoiding cold like walking on cold tile and stuff barefoot which I don't do I mean I have no midriff showing that kind of thing right exactly so it's not like something I particularly follow but that's just something I've really noticed in my personal life I think it just really taxes my immune system it's really interesting because I'm pretty much entirely Scandinavian and I just I really like being warm like that's how my system does best and it's actually one of my life goals to feel completely comfortable in every single weather. Um, I'm getting there. I'm definitely getting better, but I think the cold plunge is too much for my system at one time. I also think this is, again, it's just my personal opinion. I think for breastfeeding moms, uh, there's this added um, aspect of you know, like there's all this fluid kind of moving around and like there's this need for warmth. And yeah, so I think cold plunges can be wonderful. And I love the idea of like building resistance to stress. And and I also like cold plunges. Like I just enjoy them. I, I've done I've done pretty long ones. Like I don't, uh, I feel great when I'm in it and I feel like revitalized when I get out. It's kind of like the next day type thing. But I think maybe more so for men and women like definitely can do well with them, but it's probably going to be a little bit more individualized and like season of life based on how your body is like reacting to them. So basically what I'm saying is if I was going to do a cold plunge again, it's going to be like in August and definitely not (laughs) in December because I think 
there's already that that added like external change and temperature change and like the the body is changing and feeling that season change and then adding in that extra like cold stress for me is not it doesn't work well for me personally yeah I bet you're most vital in in summer and can handle it better I I have a thought on that that it's totally a seasonal thing and I also think uh for women we need to probably consider our cycle and where we're at with cold plunging. yeah totally totally I, I would never do it on my cycle and and mm-hmm. actually all these times that I've done it it's been warm outside I've never actually even done it when it's cold I don't think can't recall one time but I definitely feel as though it would be even worse like it would feel even yeah probably like, worse I used to do them all the time and that in that season it felt really great for me I would actually I was barefoot running like three or four times a week and then getting in the cold plunge at my house we had a freezer plugged into the back and we would just fill it with water and turn it on and keep it on for days and whatever it was really great um it was like a a shared cold plunge but um this season of life feels like a definite no for me I think it would spike my cortisol and make me uncomfortable and feel like I need to curl up in a ball and protect my like that's the instinct I get when I think about it now which is so interesting because I loved them yeah um so I think it will be available to me sporadically at some point in the future, but not now. It's interesting though. I've been noticing this thing of when I wash my face at night, I use the coldest water possible and it must be doing something to my vagus nerve. It's it's incredible. It feels so comforting to like my whole body. I don't really understand it. I need to look into it more. If, if one of you knows why that's happening, send me a message. But yeah, that's really interesting. It's really great. And it's just my face where when I used to pour a bucket of ice cold water over my head, that was the most intense sensation ever. Yeah. You know, it's just soothing. Um, okay. My last one I think would be to drink herbal teas throughout the day. I try to get back on that wagon. I usually end up falling off. I don't know why. It's one of my favorite things ever. I think it's just the task of doing it and forgetting in in busy life. But making a big batch of herbal tea um, Mm -hmm. and then just sipping on that throughout the next few days and making another one. Right now, I really love hibiscus. And that doesn't make any sense unless you're in Texas. So ignore me if you're not. But um, hibiscus is a sour herb. And usually you want to use those to cool your body down and you don't want them right now. But I think it's a personal anecdote kind of a thing where there's excess heat in my body. I'm always hot. Um, so it's good for me right now, but something like nettle, I think would be really widely appropriate. Red raspberry leaf would be good. Um, if you're having any lung issues or like you're sensitive to what's going on, some mullein, things like that. But I think it's a good time to get back on the tea wagon. That's also hydrating. There are minerals in tea, nettle especially. Yeah, I was going to say like nettle is really good for minerals. Yeah. I did that really consistently in my last few months of pregnancy with Jasper. And it's such a good thing to like have in the fridge. And also curbs any potentially any cravings that you might have for like grabbing a Starbucks while you're out. (laughs) Oh, it does? That's interesting. And it's um, it can help be helpful for anemia and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great, and hair growth. <laughs> if I need to tempt you, I'll convince you. Um, that's a great one. All the minerals really help. Mm-hmm. So these have been some ways we hope that one of these things has been helpful to you. And if not, you know, something that you already knew, something you needed to be reminded of. Yeah. So we need to be reminded. I find that's like my thing a lot is I've heard something before I used to do it but I just haven't thought about it in a while and it's always helpful. Mm. Oh, one more thing. Body oiling at night before bed. Mm. I, it just penetrates your your skin, your epidermis and gets to your nerves. And it's like hugging 
your myelin sheath and just your whole nervous system and you sleep really well. So you want to sleep really good. I try to body oil every time I get out of the shower. And that, I mean, that helps so much because it's, I mean, it's never super duper dry in Texas, but it's pretty dry, you know, in the cold months, especially compared to, um, you know, in in the warm months. I mean, it's nothing like Las Vegas. You could not get moisture in your skin like to save your life in Vegas because it's so so dry but um yeah I love like doing it right after the shower when your skin is still moist Mm -hmm. yeah that's totally lock that in yeah I love that all right guys well we'll do our buffalo we decided to change it up a little bit and um and just share the buffalo of our week this season see how that goes let us know if you have any feedback Something unique that happened in the week. Yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. Want to share yours? No, you go first. Yours is much better. <laughs> is it? Okay. Um, well, my great Pyrenees Magnolia, we would just mostly call her Noli. She last night actually just had a litter of puppies. So <laughs> this was a happy accident. We tried to separate them really diligently for her last heat. We weren't ready to fix her because we wanted to wait and have her have a litter maybe next year. Um, but she just had one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so there are six puppies curled up in the room next to me. I can see them all cuddled up with mom. I just gave them fresh mm-hmm. towels. She has this little whelping box that I make her with, um, a table over it. And it's just like secluded and dark and quiet, just her space. And, uh, so that's been really fun. Mason and I were taking turns in the night doing things for them. And, um, they're all just nursing happily. I don't know how they do it. They seem so helpless, but they find their way to those nipples and they somehow get their little tiny mouths on them. It's really cute and sweet. They make these tiny baby noises. Sometimes I think there's a human baby in here, <laughs> um, but it's going to be so cute as they, as they grow. And if you know, we had some struggles with um, the last litter of puppies. So just send a prayer out there that everyone remains healthy. And um, I think they will. But yeah, it's been really fun so far. Have you ever seen a video of a newborn doing a breast crawl? A newborn no. baby? I'll have to send you one because humans can do that too. Like on the like chest? You, yeah. Like if they're oh. laid on mom's like belly, they will like crawl up to the breast <laughs> and like get it in their mouth. It's crazy. It's so cute because they're so helpless it seems, but they're they're so strong too. Totally. I I just read something. This would be a great episode, even though we have the whole season planned out. You guys were so much more on it this time. But I was just reading this um this post about, and this is such a tangent, I'm sorry, um, that, you know, humans are carry animals. So like dogs are follow animals and humans are carry animals. And like when we try to act like we're cache, cache, cache animals or follow animals or like cache animals are like when they put the young in, you know, a nest and then they go and get food and bring it back. Um, and there's a few different like categories and humans are carry mammals. And I just thought um, like, it'd be such an interesting thing to talk about, like yeah. what that means, you know, and, and what we see on the farm. Kind of, what'd you say? I just think, and what we see on the farm, like it's fascinating to see how each animal is designed to, to act differently yeah. as a baby. Yeah. Yeah. They're completely different. And there's so much to talk about with like the, you know, prematurity of humans compared human infant, like newborns compared to like other animals. And anyways, I'm not going to go all into that, but I think that'd be a really good episode. Cool. Let's do it. Um, 
Okay, mine is that. Mine is way less cold than Evan. No, it's good. Mine is just that I, I don't think I even mentioned this to you. Trevor helped me, so I can't just say I, but I, my pantry was bothering me so much. I organized it last year, but I didn't use any like bins or anything. I just kind of was like, this goes here, this goes here, this goes here. And it was just like not working for me. I didn't know where things were. Things were in the back and like I couldn't see them. So one day I was literally just like, I am going to organize the pantry like really, really well. So I went and I got a bunch of bins that I probably shouldn't have bought because they're not that cheap. And <laughs> I used some baskets that I already had. And I, I mean, like it's, it looks so good. I like I'm see. so happy. I have to show you. I'll show you before we hang up. But yeah. um, I still need one more bin. Like I'm missing it in this one spot. And I was just going to like post it before and after. But it really is bothering me. So I, it needs the last one to be able to post it. Actually, it's it. two more. It's like a small one and a big one. Because my bottom three shelves, I have them the same with the bins that I bought. And the top one just has these like big baskets. That's like for my baking stuff. Anyways, it's so much better. And like I can actually see what I need. And I have it all organized as far as like how often I use it. And I have two bins in the bottom that are kid accessible snack bins. So if they need a snack, I don't have to go and get one for them every single time. I can be like, hey, go in the snack bin to the kid accessible snacks and get something in there. Um <laughs> I'd love to talk about what I have in there too and like what we save prepackaged things for and what's in the accessible snack bin at home. And I just think that's really interesting too. Yeah. Anyways. Because did you know that we just did that too? Except for I haven't filled it, but we, I mean, that was one of the rooms under construction. We had to cut open the door to get the new AC in when we had to replace the AC. Um, and and so Mason just made me my dream pantry and now I get to fill it. I was going to do that wow. today, but I did other things. I'm going to send you pictures because it looks That's really good. It's really exciting. It's not my dream pantry or anything. It's just normal. Organized. But it's, makes so, it's so functional and that's, yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited to see yours when you do it. Yeah. Functionality in a pantry is a needed thing. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Shall I close us in prayer? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right that was a good one really okay i felt like yours was just was like fun. really outshined it oh, oh. <laughs> do you mean the episode or I'm on the episode <laughs> okay i'm like your buffalo is so much cooler i just organized my pantry and you have a bunch of puppies oh well i'll do my pantry too okay <laughs> anyways same time anyway. of course exactly always all right dear heavenly father thank you for this day thank you for this time to gather together virtually with our friends and people that are enjoying our podcast. I ask that you'd bring it to anyone that might benefit from it and that you would utilize us in this podcast to be a light for you. And we ask for continued health going into or finishing out, I guess, the winter season. And we thank you for the health and vitality of our families right now at this moment. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be here and spend time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, all right. Thank you, guys. See Welcome you next to season time. four. See you next time. <laughs> oh, be- one more thing is that we have it, one, possibly two interviews coming this season that we're really Amen. excited about. So yeah. we're really, we're expanding, you guys, and we're really excited about those. Yeah. Tune in. They're going to be good. Yep. Be on the lookout. See you in the next episode.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that it's brought value into your lives. For a minute here, I'm going to share about some things that have brought value into our lives. We've chosen just a couple of sponsors this season, and these are companies that we trust, that we use in our daily lives, and that we feel confident about bringing to you. The first company is Purity Coffee. Now, I love this coffee, and there are a couple of things that set it apart. The first is how they test their coffee for mold. As many of us know, as coffee is processed, it often molds, and so this is an important part of the process. If you listen to the podcast, you know that Lauren and I have both gone through extensive journeys with mold, and so because this is a staple for my family, it's very important that when I sit down for a cup of coffee, I know it's not a steaming hot cup of mold. I've never found another coffee company that's more forthcoming or honest about this process. The second thing is the taste. Their beans are not over-roasted, which I find to be super rare. They retain their flavor and complexity, and I just really appreciate that. It makes it a really enjoyable part of my day. 